Hey y'all, welcome to the Building Better Businesses podcast, where we talk mindset, marketing, and business building strategies. I'm your host, Shakina Johnson, and this is the podcast for those wanting to start their entrepreneurial journey and create a business and lifestyle they love. You can find detailed show notes on jsrvision.com. The notes include a summary of today's session, along with any links to resources mentioned in the show. And today, I am here with Tina Marie of The Profit Project. Hey, Tina. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I know things are, have been a bit crazy with everything going on, but how are, tell, me, tell me, how is everything for you? Everything's great. Um, you would think with the whole coronavirus and businesses shutting down and people having to work from home that I would be slow, but more than ever, people are needing my services. So I'm just grateful that I have internet and I can continue sharing my message and help people. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so tell me about what you do and who you help. Yeah, so I am a mindset and success coach. Um, if you want to go bare bounds, I am a business strategist. Okay. And I help multi-passionate entrepreneurs kind of clear the chaos of their lives and their businesses so they can find the focus so they can make more impact and more income. Cool. And a lot of times um, that chaos or confusion is manifested in having multiple businesses, um, being in different passion projects, um, and not understanding what to focus on in order to grow their business. And so that's how I help them. Understood. Thank you for that. So mm -hmm. um, you deal with people mostly with shiny object syndrome, it sounds like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> multiple, yeah. multiple businesses, different focus areas. Um, and we think we can do it all, but, you know, it, we do have to focus on one thing at a time in order to, for it to be successful. So... Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in this? Yeah, so I started my coaching business about four years ago. I started off as a business finance coach. My background was in accounting, and equally so, I've been in the restaurant bar industry and worked my way up as a hostess. So I have a lot of that business administration hands-on training. And I thought originally I was going to be a CPA. That's why I started my bookkeeping business. But I realized that I just did not have fun doing people's books. <laughs> <laughs> I was really good at it. Right. But I found it very boring unless I got a cleanup project. And I was like, is this what you really want to do for the rest of your life? Just because you're good at it doesn't mean this is something you have to do. And so I realized I had a lot more fun actually sitting down with business owners and telling them why they had bottlenecks in their money, um, why they really need to streamline and they're like accounts payable and their accounts receivable so they have better cash flow, why they had such high turnover rate just because of my experience in being in the restaurant industry. I some of those things are very much translatable into the industry. So I thought, I was like, maybe this is what you're supposed to do, become a coach. So that's kind of how I started off in coaching. Uh, my partner at the time bought me out and I branched out in coaching. And since then, I've really learned a lot about myself. Mm -hmm. um, I've moved from being a business finance coach to a business strategist. Um, but about two years ago, I couldn't get myself to show up on social media. I couldn't be consistent. I didn't really want to market myself. I was too afraid to. And so I sat down. I was like, okay, girl, you know you help people. You know you're good at what you do. 
and you know what you're doing, why are you not showing up? So I kind of delved in that whole year in money mindset books, mindset books, and that really triggered, okay, you need to be learning about this so you can teach people because there's a lot of people out there in the same position as you that have amazing gifts, um, know exactly what they're doing, but they're just too afraid to show up in the world. So mm-hmm. it's, that's how it's morphed into being a mindset and success coach. I, I feel like you've just said or mirrored everything I've done. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that definitely translates to my story as well. Um, you mentioned being in a place that you did the work, you were great at what you did, but you found it boring, right? I, it was mm-hmm. the same thing with me in the legal <laughs> industry. And, but my, it, it translated into, I'm, I'm good at what I do. And I didn't like the people, <laughs> but it wasn't them. It was me, right? It was my mm-hmm. mentality and how I approached it. It was, I don't like none of y'all, I, but I do, but I don't want to be here. I shouldn't be here, right? It's, it's, mm-hmm. There's so many mental things that we go through on a daily basis, right? So you ended up branching out, um, starting this business, and, and throughout it, you found something else in it. It's kind of like f- finding yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you had to overcome uh, some of those things that you mentioned about like being visible, showing up, I, same problem that I had, right? I'm, I'm still working through some of those things, but, you know, just transitioning into, I have to be the, the forefront <laughs> of my business. I have to be visible. I, I am the CEO of my company. I have to show up, be consistent. And that's hard for a lot of people. So there's a lot of mental hula hoops you have to jump through just to get to where you are. Um, so you said you you delved into a lot of books. Um, you were perfecting your skill as it will, but how did you um, overcome some of those mental challenges as well? You know, I'm going to say this and some people may not want to hear it. It is a constant journey. I'm always Mm -hmm. working on my mindset. But when I first started, I want to say for the first year, I was just really engrossed in learning as much as I can and understanding. It wasn't until about a little bit mid last year and understanding how much power we have in our minds and how much our thoughts are reality. You know, you hear over and over Mm -hmm. again, if you follow any of the, you know, Bob Proctor, you know, Abraham Hicks, any of Mm -hmm. those guys, Tony Robbins, they like thoughts become things, but you don't really understand it until you sit down and you have one of those moments and everyone has those moments. You're like, oh, (laughs) things aren't changing even though I know I'm supposed to be thinking positively or differently until you hit that moment. You're like, that's why it's not clicking for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I, for me, that point for me was realizing a lot of my money stories um, were definitely all our money stories doesn't really have to do with money. And a lot of it is subconsciously embedded when we're children between the ages of three and seven, there's research done on it, psychological research on it. And so it was me delving into my past and understanding how I developed some of these stories and really understanding how it affected me current day. And even though it was money mindset and all those things, I realized how it affected my relationships. I realized how it affected me showing up for my business. And I realized how it affected how I handled my money. And that includes attracting clients or making money, let alone saving money. So it, it took a lot of journaling, a lot of um, not getting lost in myself, but really learning myself and 
it's definitely a day-to-day working on it everyday kind of deal yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) so um that's pretty cool so it it does take a lot i used to um it, it kind of brings me back to a story in my college years i would like go around asking people, why haven't you started a business? I, I mean, I went around and asked everybody I knew, saw strangers, friends, families, and like, because I was genuinely curious. Even the drug dealers on the street, mind you, this is Philadelphia, so there's lots of them. But <laughs> I would ask, I'm like, you know what you could do with that energy? You know, creating a business, you know, just doing, just doing something. And what I found was, and I, and I probably did that survey, if you call it, um, for quite a while through the majority of my college years at a, a temple. And um, it, I found that people just weren't ready, right? And then when I transitioned into building a business of my own, I realized there is a lot of self-development involved, just like you said, right? It's, mm-hmm. there's a lot. It, there's a mindset shift you have to make. There is, um, you have to know where you're, you're best at where your faults and weaknesses are and, and develop those. Um, and it's a constant journey, just like you said. It's, it's on a constant cycle of things, right? Whether it's reading books or watching YouTube videos or reading like Tony Robbins or something, it's always something you have to do, you know, interrupt your, your mindset to make, make a change. It's not just thinking about those things. It's about doing those things too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that you said it's about doing those things. Yeah. You know, a lot of the greats say you need to visualize and think positive thoughts. But um, if you really listen to them long enough, they say you don't just sit around and meditate and everything's going to fall in your lap. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, you have to visualize. The reason why visualization works is you're putting yourself in the position of what you want and feeling those feelings and putting yourself there, even though you're not there yet, which inspires you to take action. You'll get ideas during your meditation to take action towards that. It's a way to pump you up and give you confidence. That's how visualization and affirmations and meditation really work. Mm-hmm. It's not going to sit here and like, oh, we're just gonna visualize the money um and it's gonna (laughs) fall in your lap or let's gonna visualize getting clients oh you're gonna get an email (laughs) paypal notification um you gotta put some work behind it and i think that actually scares more people than anything is actually putting in the work yeah there's two parts to it right there's the law of attraction right you you Mm -hmm. focus on what you want you have to be clear in what you want in order for you to for your mind to figure out how to get you there right but the second part of that is taking action on it so that's that's nice and all that your your focus (laughs) lets you have a clear idea of what you want but you still have to take action to towards those things um and like you said it scares a lot of people is the mental part can be easy or focusing on what you want can be easy like i i want a house right or Mm -hmm. i want my business to hit six figures a year that's that's nice that's that's a good start but there's other steps that come after that you know um, yeah but again that's it's part of the, the struggling aspect of just being a business owner you know um so we we talked a little bit about you know your mind the mindset development and just uh trying to figure out how to navigate through that right so um can you share a particular story on something that you've struggled with that you've recently overcome that you're proud of like a proud moment uh let's see 
I can give a couple. One's pretty short. Uh, I, I want to say, if you know anything about imposter syndrome, it's where you feel like you're a fraud, mm-hmm. no matter how many achievements you have and how much uh, success that you have. Even millionaires have imposter syndrome. And I had a sense of imposter syndrome last summer. I had just quit my job to go full-time in coaching um, last March. It's already been a, a year now, so I'm excited about that. But I had the major blockages, super resistance in writing my book. And I took time out. I was like, maybe I need to get out of my house. So I went and house sat and tried to write a book. I maybe got through two chapters and I finally sat down. I was like, you are not going to get this done until you put yourself in a position where you need to get it done. And I don't recommend this for everyone, but this is how I know myself and I put myself there. I put it out on Facebook and Instagram and social media. It's like, I'm writing a book and it's going to come out on this date. (laughs) Then the pressure was on for me to not procrastinate, not put it off. And I would talk about this book almost every day. I was like, these are my struggles. This is what what I'm talking about in my book. And people responded. So in a positive way. My audience responded. I even got them involved in picking out my cup, picking out my outfit for the cover. I actually <laughs> asked my audience if I should be on the cover of my book and they're like, yeah. So I have them picked out my outfit. They picked out my cover and I got them completely involved in the process. And that not only A, held me accountable, but B, also ignited my confidence that people wanted this product and it was something I need to put out. And so I'm really proud. I finished that book in about, if I want to add all the minutes and hours, it was a week, but it took me about three and a half weeks process from book cover to writing the book and getting it edited is by no means perfect, but it is succinct and I've gotten positive reviews from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's a proud moment of me getting over any mental humps <laughs> or <a> tough time. <laughs> For that. So, and yeah, and it's one of my proudest moments to this date. So, first, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> that is a big, big accomplishment. Um, you know, a lot of times that we, we want to do things and we want it to be perfect and we, we procrastinate, right? We don't do the thing because we're, we need to tweak it a couple of more times, right? We need to change the mm-hmm. cover a couple of more twi- times. It's always going to be tweaked, guys. <laughs> right? <laughs> and it, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to start, right? You started it. You put it out there. You talk to the people. Um, they, you even got them involved, picking out your, your outfit. <laughs> that was fun. It was scary. That sounds like a whole lot of fun, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> but you got it done. And that's, that's the most important part. We're definitely going to include a link to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you tell us the name of the book and what yes. it's about. Um, so it's called hashtag restaurant life lessons that taught me, um, how to become a successful entrepreneur. So it's not a how to book to how to open a restaurant or run a restaurant, but it's really about my whole 17 plus years in the restaurant bar industry. And I worked my way up from a hostess all the way into management. I worked in corporate and mom and pop, um, any type of concept from fine dining to sports bars and everything in between I have worked. So this book is a cumulative of all the lessons I learned that really made me confident that I could be an entrepreneur and how to run a business and has 
honestly, going back to those basics has helped me continuously run this business. And so each chapter is broken up to different categories. So there's one chapter on branding, there's one chapter on marketing, um, one about managing your finances, uh, another one. There's so many like process and procedures. So it's broken up. Um, so you can read in, anybody can take something from it, uh, mm -hmm. especially from the lessons I learned, then they can apply it to their business, whether they're service-based or retail. There's um, definitely something for everyone in it. Yeah, perfect. Yep, definitely including that. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. So um, I want to move on to um, you starting this business, right? Because it's relatively new. And I'm, I'm sure there were out systems that you had to put in place. Um, and and I want to say like, well, yeah. <laughs> systems and finding clients and servicing those clients um, for those just starting out um, you know finding clients is one of the hardest things that you have mm -hmm. to do but it's an ongoing process that you have to perfect and accomplish so how did you start finding your clients when you first started out well when I first started off I just used my expertise at the time so when I first started off I was a business finance coach and I mainly did everything you can think possibly think before even social media marketing was huge. So I went networking. Um, I did post on my own page until I started to learn about Facebook and I don't think Instagram came into the picture until like midway, <laughs> but I would share stories of horror stories from my clients, uh, bookkeeping clients and how they can fix it. So I think I learned very early on before I learned more marketing skills was if you just share value, you don't have to give them the whole tea, but share value where people can realize, oh, I'm making that mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, I need to change that. Oh, I need to follow her so I can learn more. Oh, I need to work with her. That's how you kind of gain clients. And I had the mindset at the time and I have the mindset of that now is marketing and sales is really, you got to be in it for the long haul instead of the quick buck right now that is true yeah um, yeah so you mostly did content marketing just sharing I, valuable content content marketing and networking locally yes okay yeah so did you join um some clubs in your areas like chambers of commerce or industry events how did you do your networking I did not need to do that at the time, and I may be looking into that this year, but at the time, I still had a network from the bookkeeping business. And I still had contacts um, through my restaurant bar industry. So I was constantly being in front of people. Now, if you're not in that position where you can constantly be around people or in the community, then I definitely recommend finding an organization that works for you mm -hmm. um, or a chamber of commerce. There's a lot of networking groups around finding one. I, I say, I'm going to tell this tip before I go into how I develop referrals before mm -hmm. is go ahead and check out a couple of different organizations events and see how it works for you some people like to bounce around person to person and give out cards and deal that way and some people like to have more personal conversations and connect with a few people so those organizations that are super huge and have super huge events may not work out for you so test them out find out how you feel about some uh the environment people in those groups and then when you're like okay i need to be in that group go mm -hmm. with that group. Okay. 
that's that tip. Um, but for me, it was really leveraging my current network and reaching out to them. So it was my friends and family. It was my regulars at my bar and the restaurants I worked at. It was previous clients and bookkeeping because I wasn't doing bookkeeping, but maybe they needed a coach at that time um, to help manage their finances. Um, and just reaching out to that network. I made sure in this instance, I spoke with my um, old partner, who was also my best friend, that we weren't stepping on each other's toes. So she would refer me to people mm -hmm. and I would refer her to people. And for me, uh, I don't know if this is beneficial for some people, but I'm an introvert. You may not know it if you watch some of my videos or follow my content, but I'm an introvert. I really hate talking to a lot of people if I don't have to. Right? I really hate small talk. But one of my superpowers is I love to develop relationships and get to know to pe get to know people and help people. So I always go in with the mindset, regardless if it's a potential client or a potential strategic partner, is how can I help you, and who mm -hmm. do I need to introduce to you? Because as when you give value, regardless if it's content marketing or in person, eventually someone's going to be like, "How can I help you? I want to help you." They're going to want to help you back. Exactly. And I've always been paid in full and having that kind of mindset and developing those type of relationships. And that's important. It's extremely mm -hmm. important. Like you leverage, you were able to leverage your network mm -hmm. um, and people don't realize how far their branches extend. Yeah. <laughs> and so they take a close look at their network, right? You had previous bookkeeping clients and you said the bar, right? So mm -hmm. you had a larger network. Um, to kind of to leverage and get started so it was probably easier because you knew most of these people um anyway and it it just propelled so that's that's great and, and i give also extend that tip to um, everybody listening that you know leverage your network you know reach out to people family and friends um you don't like well i have a thing about uh family so there i, I don't necessarily ask them to buy anything but I, I like them as my cheerleaders, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they go out and just tell everybody you know, how can I help you type of a thing. But you always come from a point of giving value and helping, just like you did. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, building those relationships is one of those most important things that you can do uh, with the content and networking, content marketing and networking that you mentioned before. It's all about building those relationships first. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, being paid in full, it's always a beautiful thing, <laughs> especially yep. up front. So, um, yeah, so you, we talked about leveraging a network and building relationships. And again, a, a beautiful, beautiful start to like growing a wonderful business. And um, it takes a little longer, but it's definitely worthwhile in the end. Um, the nurturing aspect of it, and it's just longer than like cold calling, which everybody hates. <laughs> I hate it. I don't even do cold calling. There, yeah, there, there's no reason, especially in the coaching business, you don't need to do cold calling. You just need to build relationships. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so thank you for that. Um, so how do you, what books or motivational things can you recommend to the audience to, to jumpstart their motivation? Uh, well, if you're just getting started or you feel like you're in a stuck mode with your business right now, I definitely, definitely recommend reading The One Thing by Gary mm -hmm. Keller. It is the book that I have gifted the most. I have did a video book review on it and I talk about it 
And especially for like my ideal clients who are multi-passionate and just, you know, shiny object syndrome, this really helped me personally and helps a lot of my clients understand how to set goals, how to reverse engineer those goals to break them down into bite-sizable tasks. So it doesn't feel overwhelming. They know exactly where to start and begin and they can track their progress. Um, it's more than a time management book. It is definitely teaching you how to prioritize. It teaches you how to block your time and really manage your goals in a great way. So if you feel like you're lost in your goals or what to do or don't know how to manage your time, definitely get that book. Um, the second book I definitely, definitely recommend is Seller Be Sold by Grant Cardone. Now, he's a little on the centric side, but a lot of what he teaches in the book about sales is super important. The two biggest takeaways that I've read, um, gotten from the book so far is you have to be passionate in what you do and what you sell. And understanding that you're not selling, you're problem solving. So mm -hmm. those are the two biggest hurdles I think people have when it comes to sales, even for myself, um, working on that is you're here to provide a product or service that's helping someone solve a problem, helping them improve their lives. So if you can start getting in that mindset, awesome. Mm -hmm. And understanding that you're not going to be able to sell anything if you're not passionate about it yourself. And yes. reading that book and looking at my own instances in the restaurant bar industry and in counting, I was like, well, that's true. The times that I was easily able to get clients, it didn't feel like selling. I wasn't trying to sell them. I was just very passionate about what I do and I taught them and they're like, okay, I'll book with you. And so sometimes you just need a book like that to remind you. And he does give a lot of techniques in that book. So if you don't feel comfortable, definitely get recommend that book. Um, if you want more help when it comes to like mindset or law of attraction, I'm very big on following Bob Proctor mm -hmm. and Abraham Hicks. It may be way out there, but if you listen it too long enough, it's going to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> It'll rub off on you at some point. It will. It will. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Um, and you mentioned something in there about, uh, I, I've summed it up as just being yourself, right? That's where mm -hmm. you, you connect with people more. Um, a lot of people think, especially in the sales aspect of it, but a lot yeah. of people think you have to just be like, this shark and it's not true at all mm -mm. Um, most of your best clients will come from just being yourself um, and and coming from a point of giving and, and seeing how you can help that person you are selling solutions to people's problems but you're also um, connecting with them on like a, a different level right <laughs> yes. but a part of that has to deal with how you understand yourself as a person and how you extend yourself to other people um, so I, I love the fact that you put that in there because <laughs> it's about, it's really about being a more comfortable you. Um, absolutely. And just make a best friend, go find, go make a bestie, right. <laughs> and, and do that. But, um, yeah, so thank you for all the information. And, and I want to ask you one last thing, but so for those just starting out, um, what do you, what advice do you have for them? I would say be very clear on who you are. We just talked about that. And that might take a little bit of a journey um, and understand who you're serving and how you want to serve them. The biggest struggle I've seen with my clients and myself in my first two years was I didn't understand who I really wanted to help. I wanted to help everyone. And 
that's not always the case. It's once you understand who you're helping, you'll understand how you want to serve them and you'll be able to show up. So it won't be selling anymore. There'll be no confusion. Um, you'll be very clear on what you need to do next. And so that would be my biggest thing. And the second thing is don't get hung up on having to have the perfect website or having an email list. You can get a customer or client right now with any of that and you can build towards that. So just start now. Yes. Yes. And um, can you extend or talk a little bit more about imposter syndrome? Because I feel that's very important with a lot of startups. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, like I said, Imposter syndrome affects everyone at every level, and I want to say, I think it's psychology today, but the easiest definition of it is you feel like someone's going to think you're a fraud, regardless of the achievements that you made or the compliments that you have all to this point. You don't feel like they're really yours. They're, you feel like they're attributed to somebody else, um, and that's not the case. You worked your butt off to learn what you've learned, um, to get to where you are. And you have to own that. And it's okay to own that. I know society kind of teaches us to be humble. Um, that doesn't mean you need to go out here and be like, I'm better than everybody, which not, I don't think anybody would. But you need to own and be confident in what you do. And people will come, become attracted to you easily that way. And just know that everyone suffers from imposter syndrome. So when you know everyone suffers from it, then it's then it really doesn't mean anything. It's like, okay, well, if everyone feels this way, then I'm not going to allow this to stop me. So what can I control right now? What can I do right now to kind of change that? And sometimes it just means taking one thing at a time, mm -hmm. changing your attitude, whatever small thing that you can control, start there. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and you know, thank you for sharing your journey and your story. And I'm, I'm sure that those listening will be able to take this information and apply it to their own business and their own lives, you know. So I will make sure all these, the links that and the books that we talked about earlier, including yours, will mm -hmm. be included in the show notes. So thank you again. Folks, yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> folks, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a comment with your thoughts. Until next time.